description for today, aren't they? Let me just mention uh, one more time for the ladies signing up uh, to come uh, this next Saturday for uh, the uh, guns and to be able to learn about them and uh, be more comfortable. And uh, I, was, I was thinking about the, uh, the movie Free, Free State of Jones. Was that it? I think that's the name of it. And the great thing about it was that they stood for what was right as families. And uh, I believe that the American call for today is to be fighting families, <laughs> to be able to stand up against what's taking place and what will take place one day in the future. So everybody needs to always be ready. Amen? Okay. You can turn, if you would, to Ephesians 3. I'll be there in just a second. The title of my message this morning is Just Believe. I, I read a book uh, here some time ago by Keith Blades, and he's one of my favorites. He's with the Lord now. And uh, he was teaching about the gospel and its presentation and uh, uh, what should be presented. And uh, we are to be faithful in sharing the gospel of grace, aren't we? And we need to share it when we share the gospel so people can come to a saving knowledge of Christ. We need to share it truthfully, clearly, and simply. I mean, just, you know, matter of fact. That's very, very important. Not to water it down, as the song was saying. And Ephesians 3, 8 and 9 says this here. Ephesians 3, 8 and 9, And to me, who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given, this is Paul speaking, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable, the untraceable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. I'm grateful that God has revealed a new message, not under law, not of works, all of grace. And that's a new message. And it began with Paul. It states in Acts chapter 20, verse uh, 24, especially the last part of that verse says, notice the last part, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. But we know this, and when you get saved, we have an arch enemy, and his name is Satan. And Satan is a great counterfeiter of a gospel. Uh, he knows how to present a gospel that's attractive to man's pride, to man's own ability, to man's works. And by him doing that, Man, lost man, sinful man, embraces Satan's untruth. And that only keeps them blinded to truth. And then they even arrogantly speak or attack the grace gospel. 2 Corinthians 4, 3 says this here. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. Then verse 4 in whom the God of this world, what's he done? Hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, 
who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan has mankind blinded. And the only hope is the light of the true gospel of grace. You know, Paul warned the Galatians, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we are an angel from heaven and preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Paul says there to the Galatians, they had distorted the true gospel of grace. They said it was necessary not only to have faith, but to add some works, to require some works. And back then... Uh, they required, like Acts 15, verse 1, says this, And certain men which came down from Judea taught the brethren and said, Except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. And then he says in verse 5, But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees, now get this, which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. You see, always remember this. Anytime you add a work, even the law, circumcision, and so on, like they were doing, when you add a work, grace ceases to be grace. You can't mix those two. When you add works to it, it becomes another gospel. But it's a gospel that cannot save a person. That's the critical uh, point of the whole thing. Grace is opposite of works. Grace is God favoring us. Grace is God passed upon our goodness, our behavior, our works, our performance of any kind. Grace is God giving his son to be the sacrifice for all of our sins. Christ took our place, our debt of sin, our punishment of our sins and the penalty of sin that was due us. He made the payment for our sin by dying on the cross and shedding his blood. Then he was buried and he carried our sins far away. And three days later, he rose alive from the dead. Now the reason for that is is that the Father accepted his sacrifice on the cross as the one and only and final payment for mankind's sin. Nothing can be added to that. That's the gospel. Romans 11, 6 says this, And if by grace, then it is no more of works, otherwise grace is no more grace. And the whole point of that verse is, if you add one work, Grace ceases to be grace. It's amazing grace. It's based upon what Christ alone has accomplished. Salvation is offered to mankind as a free gift with no works by us necessary. All we need to do is believe who Christ is and what he's accomplished. And that's enough to save us. Romans 3, 24 says this. 
being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Chapter 4, verse 5. But to him that worketh not, but what? Believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Verse 24. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. And the next verse, therefore being justified, how? By faith. So a person is justified just by believing in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Any form of works is saying that Christ's work was not and is not enough. And in saying that, that creates another gospel, a perversion of the true grace gospel. Christ's death on the cross is offensive to the pride of man because the cross says the reason for it, the cross, is that man in no way can help himself be saved. But Satan, knowing the pride of man, does what he does best. He counterfeits. So Satan has made faith plus works in the process of salvation that can save nobody. Just always remember this, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, you know it. For by grace are you saved, how? Through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So faith, believing, is just trusting. It's having complete confidence, dependence upon Christ's work. The accomplishment of our salvation is by Christ himself, and it's absent from any works by us. Now, I made that pretty clear, I think. Amen? It's by grace through faith alone. But many today, what they do, they say faith, and then they slip things in that are not biblical. For instance, they'll say this, give your heart to the Lord. You've heard them on TV. I've heard them before. But my question is, where's the gospel? Where is it? They're told they're sinners. Christ died for them. Then they're told what they need to do in order to be saved extra to believing. That's not God's requirement. That's man's requirement. That's not faith in Christ alone. The truth is giving one's heart to the Lord is the believer's dedication to the Lord. Now, God wants this from us, but only from those who have already been saved, not in order to be saved. They take God's statements regarding service and surrender and apply it to one to be saved as part of their salvation, thus making it works. But service 
and salvation are two separate issues. A person must be justified, must be in Christ before their service for the glory of God is possible. Did you get that? Am I speaking over your head? You're all smart enough to grab this. Then some people say, turn from your sins and receive Christ in your life. Well, where's the gospel? Huh? Where is the gospel there? Now, God urges us as believers, those who have been saved, that are in Christ, Holy Spirit indwelt, he urges us to live for Christ. Romans 6, verse 11 and following says this. Likewise, reckon also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. That's so important there. Now listen, only a Christian can turn from his sin. Only a Christian can put off the old man and put on the new man. Only a believer. And to ask a lost person to do that is creating another gospel. Amen? Salvation is not a person doing something about their sins. That's what the grace gospel is all about. Christ has taken care of our sins, and the issue is to trust Christ, and he's done all that is necessary to forgive all of our sins. All we need to do is believe that, that alone. Amen? Then some people say this, make Jesus the Lord of your life. Once again, where is the gospel? Where is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ? I'm getting a cold shoulder this morning. I can feel it. <laughs> Similar, this is used in what's called lordship salvation. They say Jesus Christ must be Lord of one's life in every area of their life if they are to be saved or there's no salvation, they say. And what that does, it promotes obedience and surrender as part of the gospel. Now we know after you get saved, God says this to us after we're saved. Romans 12:1. You know it well. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. We know that once you get saved, you begin to read the Bible and hear preaching, you know God wants us to live for him, right? But a person can only present their bodies a living sacrifice if First, they've been made alive by the gospel and the Spirit of God. See, it's only then can I identify I am dead to sin and alive to Christ because I'm in Christ. 
Jesus as Lord is only for saved people. Making Christ Lord is the issue of surrender and of service to God. Today, a lot of people, they confuse the issues of discipleship, of service, with the issue of salvation. They put the issue of service and surrender as part of the gospel, making it another gospel. And when they do that, the true gospel of grace is being misquoted and misrepresented. Sometimes some people say, well, if he's not Lord of all, then he's not Lord at all. Implication is one can't receive Christ as Savior without making him Lord of their life. And that's not true. Jesus Christ is Lord of all, not based upon man making him Lord. Philippians 2, 8 and following says this, And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Romans 14, 9, Paul says it, For to this end Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be Lord both of the dead and the living. You see, the reason a person remains lost is because of their unbelief in the gospel grace. That's why they remain lost. Amen? Then some people will say, invite Jesus to come into your heart. And that's very popular. And I've said it on times myself, assuming certain things. The focus is still what man does. And that's just a wrong understanding. We, it's faith alone in the gospel alone. That's the issue. Faith in Christ as Savior is not inviting him to do anything. It's just trusting. It's just believing him for what he's already done to provide salvation. Lost people are told they're sinners to have eternal life. They need to have Jesus sit on the throne of their life. They must invite Jesus into their hearts. But it's God who's inviting us to salvation. He's calling us by the gospel. The inviting on God's part, that's what it's about, not the other way around. The question is, will I believe the gospel? Amen? And I just jumped over a lot just for your sake just now. Today, most call the gospel of grace because of their pride, because of their belief of Satan's lie. Man must do something. He needs to have some type of work. And they call the gospel of grace easy believism or cheap grace. 
They mock grace knowingly or unwittingly being ignorant. To think that one could be saved by simple faith in the gospel, they laugh. But to mock grace is to mock God himself because it's God himself who declares that's just what he made salvation to be. He made salvation to be simple, to be able to receive salvation by believing in Christ as the one's sufficient Savior. 2 Corinthians 11.3 says this, But I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtleties, so your mind should be corrupted, how? From the simplicity that is in Christ. Do you not understand everything that needs to be done for our salvation has been accomplished by God through Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection? To say that grace is cheap is to say God is cheap. So to be saved, God does not say, does not require, give your heart and life to Jesus, turn from your sins and receive Jesus, make Jesus Lord of your life, invite Jesus into your heart to be saved. Now somebody, some people might pray that and believe that, but they bring in the rest of the gospel that does save them. I understand that. But just be clear. Believe in Christ and his finished work alone. Acts 16.30 says this. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Make him Lord of your life. Invite him into your heart. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. If they also believe. Romans 1.16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel, is the power of God and salvation to everyone that believeth. 1 Corinthians 1.21, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Nothing else. Just believe the gospel. Amen? Now, I'm going to show you something, and I'm not criticizing these individuals. I know they know about the gospel and so on. But I want you to hear some phrases, two phrases I thought was interesting. Now, if the guys would turn the lights down, and I hope we can see it clear enough on the screen. Just turn the lights down, if you would. And thank you. And put on the screen, I got two little, little things here. Do you ever feel like you're all alone and no one cares about you? I want you to know something. You're not alone. God cares about you. God loves you. And you don't have to ever be lonely again because Jesus Christ can come and live inside of your heart and be your savior and your Lord. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with God. He's just a prayer away. You can just pray a prayer like this. Jesus, I, I want you to come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. 
I want to start this relationship with you now. If you'll pray a prayer like that, God will hear it and answer it. And you can know that you'll have purpose in this life and hope in the life to come. And if you prayed that prayer, let me send you a Bible at no charge to help you get started in your relationship with God. Now one more. Let me ask you an important question. If your heart stopped beating in the next few minutes, are you at peace with God? Do you know where you'd spend eternity? If not, I would love to have the opportunity to pray with you. I'm not here to condemn anybody, but rather to help you find a new beginning. And I know that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Why don't you pray with me today? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Wash me clean. I make you my Lord and Savior. Friend, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. The scripture says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's just what you did. I encourage you to keep God first place in your life. Get a Bible, read it every day. You can start in the Gospels, maybe the Gospel of John. And then learn to pray. Prayer is simply talking to God. You don't have to have some kind of big, formal, long words. Just talk to God like you'd talk to a friend. Okay. I believe today is going to be a new beginning in your life. Write it down in your Bible. It's going to be a new day of victory. Now, there's no doubt in my mind, these guys know what Christ did for them. I'm not criticizing that. But you have to understand, there's a lost group of people out there who have no clue what the true gospel is. And they did not present the gospel in those statements. Hello? One came close to saying he died for our sins. Neither one of them, and they're good men. But I think that's what happens to pastors and leaders. We begin to try to make it too simple for somebody. We have to make sure you know you're a sinner, or why do you need to be saved? But the answer is Jesus Christ, who is what he did. He died for your sins. He took your punishment, your payment, your penalty. He did all of that. Just for you and shed his blood, he died for you. And he was buried, but three days later, because the father accepted his sacrifice, he rose from the grave, he's alive, and by what he's done, and that alone is enough to save you. That needs to be made clear. Amen? Some people pray, Lord, be merciful to me. I'm sorry for all the bad things I've done. I turn from or repent of my sins, and I give you my life. Another one says, God, I confess all my sins and I ask for forgiveness. Please take me to heaven when I die. In Jesus' name, amen. Another says, Lord Jesus, I surrender everything to you. Come into my heart and make me new and I promise to serve you all the days of my life. Now these are sincere prayers. They involve real emotion. But they are not a clear, a clear presentation, a clear testimony, a clear understanding of the true gospel of grace that does save. A prayer like, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I can't do anything of myself to save me. 
but I've read your word. I've heard this grace gospel preached of what your son did for me on the cross and the empty tomb. Lord, I believe. I believe that was for me. I believe. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says this. In the beginning, chosen you to salvation. How? Through the setting apart sanctification of the Spirit. And what? Belief of the truth. Even though some people, if they pray, pray something like that, some people are around enough people, they might bring over the gospel that Paul preaches of grace, death, burial, and resurrection in their own thinking and thus be saved. I understand that. But the majority are trusting what that was said there. And that does not save. It's only faith in the gospel of grace. Anybody get anything? Father, we love you. We thank you for your love for us. Thank you there's nothing we have to do except believe from our heart that Christ is your son who died for our sins and rose again. Everything absolutely necessary to save us has already been done and accomplished by your son. And now you offer that to us freely as a gift if we just believe and faith is not works. Faith is just believing what you have said and promised in your word. And so, God, I just pray you'd search the hearts today that they would know that they have believed in the true gospel of grace to save them. And if not, may they do that in their hearts, even at this moment, and tell you that they do believe. And God will give you the glory in what you're going to do in their lives. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. And let me say something to the rest of us who have believed in Christ. Don't take this message nonchalantly or casually. It's just old hat. As one person says, never ever get over being saved. Amen. Keep it fresh. Keep it new in your heart and life. And you do that by reading the word, by having a prayer relationship with God and being involved doing something for God. And those things will keep reminding you of the great salvation that you do have. We hope you received a blessing from today's service. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpindy.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. For more options to watch, just click On Demand on the website. Until next broadcast, may God bless you is our prayer.